welcome to Bottled Soccer Talk. This is episode number 57, and it's two guys, two mics, two pints. Back again, we had a mini hiatus. There was just some scheduling conflicts that were just unable to uh, get around, but we're here again, and uh, we're here to talk football. We're not giving up. Yeah. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? It's been a good while. Yeah, man. I, you know, despite, you know, being that being a minor inconvenience, I do feel that it couldn't have come at a better time because football is just not at its apex right now. Just getting over the major international tournaments. The Gold Cup is still going on, so that's cool. But, you know, Olympic football can't be lost, really. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, I'm glad to be back and talk football. I'm, I'm just very much so looking down the road and excited for the season to get here. Yeah, we're to about two and a half weeks out for the for the Spanish and uh, and Premier League to start, and uh, man, it's it, it just the slow burn, man. Yeah, we were spoiled because it was a quick start last season, and now it's a. Uh, I mean, it's it's only been two months, but yeah, it's it's felt a lot longer than that. But we've had the Euros to calm us down, and like you said, we have the Gold Cup now, which. Um, you want to talk about that? You want to talk about Gold Cup? Yeah, we can we can briefly touch on that. I mean, it's a it's not the it's not a barn burner of a tournament, but in terms of where we're fixated geographically, it's relevant. And um, despite you know the two major teams not taking their full strength squads, it's still been a good show, I think, for uh, for fans. And and you know, as people like to say, at the end of the day, it's Mexico and the U.S. People see the badge, and will always that will always turn eyeballs. Um, but this is the I have to say, this is the most out of all the gold cups I've seen is the most boring one uh, for the for the simple fact that it's not the A teams and it's not even the B teams in some cases so um, well yeah there's a lot of issues not only with um, with clubs not wanting to let their main players come but covid injuries yeah. and and uh, and that sort of uh, i guess hindrance to the quality of the of the tournament right um, teams like uh, Honduras who unfortunately don't really have much of a B team to rely on. Had right. to take a B team somehow. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like, I wonder at one point, like, you're the manager and you're making your selection and you're picking. Okay, I'm gonna get this guy, and you have like a very fine list of is it 20 players or something like that? Yeah, something like that. And you're like, and you're kind of scrounging for number 18, number 19, number 20. You're like, fuck, that was kind of tough to yeah. put together. And then eight of those guys can't play. You know, whether it's COVID, whether it's injury, and you're like, holy shit, man. Like, yeah. now, now we really got it. Like, do, does his brother play? <laughs> do right. you know somebody? Yeah, is so. there somebody in his village? You know, it's like, <laughs> fucking hell. No. Um, yeah, but, you know, the only silver lining which I enjoy is that you do get to see uh, players that don't normally get a chance to play. They get a chance and they get to show their goods. For the U.S., players like uh, Gianluca Busio who is rumored to go to Venetia, um, the newly re- uh, promoted team in Italy. Um, and, you know, you get to see players like that who, who, like I say, don't normally get a shot to play. I'm sure Mexico has a few players as well. I haven't really watched them as closely. It's been nice to see Funes Mori get a shot, though. This is a really good uh, introductory tournament for him in, in, uh, in El, uh, El Tri. And so, I mean, I think that's the silver lining of it. But in terms of seriousness as a tournament, I think the Gold Cup did lose some of that with the fact that not the best teams are available. Um, yeah, and then it's coming off the heels of the League of Nations, which isn't really a tournament. 
Right. I don't know if it's if, a bigger bag though in terms of money. So I, I could see why they took. Yeah, there, there's there's b- uh, bigger prize implications, and also for FIFA rankings, I, I think it had a pretty big uh, like quota on that as well. See, that's it's just a tournament that came out of nowhere and well, it, all of a sudden, from it what I understand, something. it wasn't supposed to be played this year, but due to COVID, they had to cramp the Gold Cup, the Olympics, and Nations League all into one summer. So it it does dilute the competition, unfortunately. In a normal year, without COVID and no pandemic, I think we would have really been able to enjoy each tournament for what it was. But it's just the way things are right now, you know. Um, but, you know, uh, nonetheless, I you know, I was definitely watching El Salvador closely. I thought they were one of the more impressive sites. I feel like sites. they were the darlings, like the revelation of the tournament. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. They were unfortunate to, to not finish first. In, in their group, I think I can admit that as a Mexico fan that it was close. I yeah, it was, it was very close, close. Yeah, and the, you can say that they deserve to win. Mm. You can say that Mexico is obviously the better team on paper, but yeah, they did play to win that, and they were they were close to at least drawing, and that would have seen them in first place. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Qatar is better than Honduras. Um, I mean, it's hard to tell. Really, it's hard to I mean, tell. And then that's another thing, you know, bringing up Qatar. Um, I'm not a big fan of their inclusion, and it's not on on a xenophobic wave. It's just more like this is a, this is a Concacaf tournament, you know. Uh, whether there's money implications or whatever, maybe that's it. But uh, Qatar mm-hmm. really have no business playing in this. Uh, but there's side always of the like world. an invited team. Well, not always, but. They do it like they do it in Copa America. I've seen them do it before, but this is the first time I've seen a team from a completely different side of the world get invited. Because uh, Colombia and Brazil have participated, right, right, and the, that's a little more understandable um, as they're on the same hemisphere. But you're bringing a, a country from the Middle East; it just doesn't make sense, you know. I think Japan participated last time. It's like why, like it's like if uh, Nicaragua were to go to play in the Asian Games, like it just makes no sense. But <laughs> I get it. There, there's money. There's there's something there. I don't know what, and I don't really care for it. But I I really would have preferred to see another uh, Concacaf team. But but get that's a the shot. thing though. They're better than a lot of the Concacaf teams. Well, they do raise the quality it, of the tournament a it's, bit. It's not a fair reflection because a lot of the Concacaf teams aren't at full strength. So I think a full strength Concacaf team. Um, you know, is better than Qatar for the most part. And, let you know, Qatar is an import-implant team. Those aren't Qatari citizens, well, no one players. Is, no one's actually Qatari because that's just like a... It's a, and, real, and then a, that, a quote-unquote new that's a, And then that's another aspect of it as well. So it just... It's not... Um, it's not the most entertaining or or best inclusion that could have been brought into this tournament, you know. I would have much preferred to watch Bolivia, somebody who's closer to CONCACAF level in terms of talent and also in terms of uh, proximity. But, you know, leaving that alone, I, I think uh, Qatar is now in the semis, so there is some merit to them. I think their attack is their biggest, um, you know, strength, but their For defense sure. isn't that great. The defense is so sus. Yeah, and I think they're going to get exposed. I think they're just happy to be this far now, but... Um, At this point, yeah. Yeah, man, I don't... They don't have any business being here. If Canada and Jamaica are at full strength, also the U.S. and Mexico, Qatar isn't even relevant in this tournament. But, you know, that's just, like I said, it's the well, state of the Well, those are the four best teams. Yeah, yeah. And I think you could even throw a few more. Honduras with their full team is better than Qatar, despite not showing it. Um, so it, it does kind of suck for me. Cause you think they're better than, like, Costa Rica or... Well, Costa Rica right now is kind of bad, but I think that's their level more. More so when these teams get to bring their full strength team, because... Um, 
they didn't. Qatar has their full strength team because they don't have any other tournaments to worry about. And let's face it, most of their players play oh, domestically. None of, none of them are playing in in like top teams yeah. where they're going to be, uh, you know, restricted from playing or anything like that. Right, right. I just think um, that that they're more or less on par with, with the rest of Concacaf. Yeah, uh, they've had a few players that that have shown that they're actually pretty good. Um, I said Ofif the other day. And you made you made the funny. Uh, Com- oh, yeah. Like comment that is like, come on guys! Like his his name is FIFA backwards. That's, yeah, basically that's so sus. It is. It's just, it's like it, he's like a like a engineered like specimen or something. For me, it's like a it's like when you play career mode for ten seasons and they start creating players with oh, like strange names. Are, yeah, yeah. It's just he's yeah. a they're that that's a country of regens. If I'm honest, and I know that's kind of that's kind of mean on they're my not part. that good though. No, that's yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, uh, interesting dynamic. It's definitely a Gold Cup I'll remember. Maybe not for the right reasons, but, you know, or for the best reasons. I, but it's something. It's football, right? You, you know, know, I think I've, it's been entertaining because of the fuckery. Well, that's always peak, peak CONCACAF. Always. <laughs> always. Is, it's always going to exist. So, But, I mean, you know, it's it's unique for sure. And um, Hopefully know, in two years, the, the, you know, things are, are, back, to normal, are back to normal. And we have a, a legitimate tournament where we're... I don't know if we're inviting Qatar now. Like, let's do I don't know Spain or something. Let's invite nobody. Let's make it a strictly Concacaf tournament because well, the, the Euros don't do it. You know they don't. Copa America does it. Yeah, I know, and they have always done it. Um, and there's Copa America is kind of a scheme, just, anyways. But, but but when you have teams like I don't know um, Grenada and I mean Guatemala didn't even qualify and they're there. Well, um, yeah, they they made it in by by default by because default. Uh, I'm yeah. forgetting what team had too many COVID cases. Um, Saint Kitts and um, but that's the whole point of these tournaments, in my opinion. It's to to see who's the best of the region. I, I don't want to see if I want to see how Qatar play and I want to see their level. I'll go watch the Asian games, which you'll never catch me watching. By the way, um, it's just not what I'm into. But I, I that's my that's my take. I don't really I'm not a fan of that. And the Euros don't do it at all. So I think that's the standard. That the Euros are spoiled for. For choice that you have to qualify to get those yeah. you don't have to qualify in africa you don't have to qualify in Concacaf. you don't have to qualify in asia or copa america yeah but imagine they but, sub out north macedonia and just bring peru or something like it it's cool right you get to see peru but yeah, that's not that's the integrity that'll, that'll, of the, that'll, that'll elevate the 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 um the competition and then it's like saying like, well, we have the Premier League, but let's sub out West Brom and Burnley and let's go bring in uh, Valencia and Sevilla because it'll make the tournament better. I don't buy well, it. I don't well, like it. I think there has to be some integrity to the geographic situation, you know. But I could see. But, I could see but your there, point. You, well, Europe again is is a lot more compact and a lot more football heavy than all these other countries. Yeah, but you know, it's it must and, suck. And like you have to also wonder, all these countries, the national sport is is football. Why aren't they better at it? Like you would think, Guatemala. I mean, they're they've never really produced a great team, but they're football crazy. Um, they have a couple of notable players, but why do they suck so bad right now? Like they always have, but it's it's a it's um well, what can I say? It's a the word I'm looking for. It's lack of resources, lack of uh, you know investment. And really, uh, why El Salvador, for example, made a big jump this year is because of their dual nationals. It's not because they're they're doing great work in El Salvador. Hugo Perez is a former U.S. player who's half Salvadorian and has, yeah. has totally turned around the national team. Half Salvadorian, half what? Uh, half American. Uh, yeah, half he played white. for the U.S. So, 
And and for example, we're watching right now Tulsa against Atlanta United 2. Uh, Joaquin Rivas plays for Tulsa. He's also half American, half Salvadorian. So the rest of the world is helping like El Salvador. Like he's, he's a dual born, national, but he's born to Salvadorian parents. Born to Salvadorian parents, oh, okay. yeah. and and is a dual national ultimately. But he was able to his upbringing in the U.S. is what has delivered the skill that he has now. Whereas I don't think it's a, it's a resources thing, and it's why Nicaragua, El Salvador, Guatemala will never race to the level of Mexico. But in the they US. but they have plenty of of dual nationals or potential dual nationals. Here in the U.S. So why aren't those guys... Maybe not Nicaragua, because Nicaragua is like in this perpetual state of uh, civil unrest. We won't get into that. We'll talk about that in the, um, geo, uh, you know, the political, yeah, geographical uh, podcast. But Guatemala has a lot of that. Costa Rica. Uh, there's communities. Well, in, it's, it's in, just in, barely starting, though. That's the thing. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not something... That you have to have at least a decade established of players doing that. Even 10 years ago, El Salvador had players like Arturo Alvarez, um, you know, uh, Dustin Correa, uh, Pablo Puniet. Players that were living in the U.S. played for, like, Chicago Fire. And that, yeah. those were the best players. So yeah. now there's more of them to select. Uh, Alex Roldan, who grew up in the U.S., Actually, is local, went to Pico Rivera, and his brother Christian Roldan plays for the U.S. national team wearing the 10 right now. He wasn't given a chance with the U.S., so he said, fuck it, I'm going to go play for, for El Salvador. And he was one of the best players in the tournament as well, uh, in my opinion. So th- for that's, El Salvador. Yeah, for El Salvador. Yeah. So that's that's what is going to be true needed. Very happy, by the way. Yeah, but, you know, I can't blame the cat because nobody else is, is really stepping up. Um, but you know though, that's what's going to carry these federations forward but it's never going to come domestically from what's happening back home because they the nutrition is terrible the facilities are bad the coaching is bad it, it's really bad man so we don't have the luxury that mexico has with the academies they have like monterrey you know tigres all, all these teams the established um yeah there's rare, just, rare infrastructure there's a lot there's a lot more available there for sure and i think that's my whole but, explanation but, of why guatemala and teams and, like that are and, bad you know, t- to your point, you know, and that's perfectly valid. I mean, that that explains everything perfectly. And and I think a lot of these other Central American countries or Caribbean countries can look at at the, at that sort of um, example and say, well, shit, these guys are doing it. We'll let we'll let MLS or the you know affiliated academies handle that, and we'll talk these guys into representing our nation even even if you can offer them a kickback like i don't know a couple g's we'll do it right yeah some I mean, new boots we'll do it and it's not limited to the mls by the way J- jamaica the majority of their team is actually playing in england um, yeah a lot of like championship level players or germany yeah so it's like that's that's what's going to be needed for these teams to actually develop something noteworthy it's well, not going to well, come that, domestically well jamaica has a lot of you know they have a lot of dual nationals or people that can represent because there's a pretty good uh, sized Jamaican community in England. Right, and then that's my point. Yeah. There's a pretty big like community yeah. of Salvadorans and Guatemalans here. Mm-hmm. But the only difference is, and it's not even a difference, but so these guys are good at soccer, but they're never they don't even have a chance of playing for the U.S. I mean, Christian Roldan is like uh, a slight example, but you know it's a rare. But um, you look and at he's there on the C team. Yeah, it's like Sterling. Sterling could have represented Jamaica, but he's so good that it's undeniable that he needs to play for England. But players like Bobby De Cordova Isn't Reed, a, a Mason Greenwood like considering representing Jamaica? Yeah, he's considering it. And that's what I'm saying. Those fringe players is what's going to turn it around also for, for these bottom feeders. Yeah, Imagine they, Mikel Antonio Greenwood in the Gold Cup 
well that's that's my point like that's what's gonna have to happen and and i like i like it because um it does offer another dynamic it's it's a very unique circumstance and it's it's a product of migration and and all that so i, I love it um and i think it's good for the sport because there is still integrity because at the end of the day you were born from you know salvadoran parents or jamaican parents so it's valid there's some there, there's pride there of course it's not like you know like a funes mori situation where you just happen to live in the country for a certain amount of years and you're Ar- Ar- argentina reject so yeah it's, yeah it's a very similar but i don't it's know a mexico different. has a has a pretty uh muddy history with that yeah i, I mean, don't know if i would say muddy but <laughs> it, it, it's a you know it's a country that's so proud so nationalistic when we think of nationalism, we think of like the swastikas or mm-hmm. like you know people uh, trying to invade the capital, right? And you, you don't really think of it like in Mexicans. When Mexicans are super nationalistic, it's it's borderline toxic. Right. And for them to this has happened a few times. It happened with more recently uh, Funes Mori, mm-hmm. but there's uh, Neri Castillo. I don't know if you guys if you remember him. Yeah, he was Uruguayan. Uh, uh, who else was it? Oh, uh, Senia, Brazilian. Yeah. Played for the Mexican national team. There's a couple of other examples I'm I'm forgetting. Um, but either way, it's like, is that legit? <laughs> can, yeah. can we just nationalize anybody that's lived there for, uh-huh. you know, a certain amount of time? It's like, um, uh, who, who doesn't get any love in the national team? Let's say. Let's let's uh, say, uh, fuck, actually, that's a, that's a tough one. Let's say Laporte. It's kind of like what Laporte did. He, he is only able to represent Spain because his I think great grandfather is Spanish. The rest of his family is yeah from France. And it's interesting too because he did spend a lot of time of his life in Spain too at Bilbao. Yeah, yeah since like fourteen or fifteen and and then you know he wasn't getting love from the French national team so he's like fuck it. I'm yeah gonna represent Spain. Yeah so it's sort of the same but obviously not quite because Funes Mori's I think he's American Argentinian. Yeah, he uh, he's an FC Dallas product. So yeah, and so is his brother. So they're born in the U.S. Yeah, uh, imagine he played for the U.S. That'd be pretty interesting. But you know, he probably feels he feels more Argentine than he does American, and just you know, considering that he speaks more Spanish, so Mexico makes the most sense. Spent a lot of time in Mexico. My, probably, my, yeah. I'm sure they love him in Monterrey, though. Oh, for sure. I think he's he's, he's just, a good player. He's a good player. You Very know. good player. I don't I don't consider him to be at the level of what like Peak Chicharo was or Vela or, or all these guys that we've come to know as Mexico legends, but he's he's damn near there. Vela's not a Mexico legend. <laughs> uh in in the last decade for me he's been one of the best Mexico players. Be- best Mexican players, but not best players for Mexico. Oh um, well, not not specifically just wearing the national team shirt. Oh yeah, as far as being Mexican, yeah, yeah, one as of the far best as being players. Mexican, and at the yeah, end of the day, he yeah. did, he did, uh, he, did he did represent, he did represent, and he, he did have big did moments. No, no, I mean, I remember him playing against the U.S. and he he was a factor. So was Gio, but then he did cool off. But here's my question: Is does Funes Mori, since he's Mexican now, does he have a chance to play for Chivas? Um, what is that? Well, possible? you know, you know, um, like you mean. As far as their policy goes, yeah, yeah. I wonder, does that bypass the policy? Is that um, an exception? Still, I would say, I would say no. But you know my thoughts on that on that policy. I think it's bullshit. I think it's yeah. It's I think it's good. discrimination of a high story. <laughs> Same thing with Bilbao, but um, I would say yeah. But you know that's not up to me. Of course. <laughs> right. No, it's just interesting to think like, would that be a, a, a likelihood of him having a chance would it to increase play? it? 
I don't, yeah. They don't have a history of it, but it's not like they want to spend on that anyway. They, but that's a whole other uh, well, topic yeah. as far as Chivas goes. Yeah. Um, but well, going back to going back to El Salvador because uh, we we were talking about that, and I, I found their tournament to be actually refreshing. It was. You know, a, we, we always think of El Salvador and Guatemala. We kind of package them together, but there's a huge difference. El Salvador was actually competitive. Yeah. They had great matches. They gave Mexico a good run. I, I my opinion was they were much better than Qatar, but Qatar That's football, yeah. Qatar got a, got a gift penalty. Excuse me, but they also caught El Salvador sleeping on the first goal, and you know let, let's give credit where it's due. That that second goal was amazing. Yeah, outside the box, uh, just opposite corner, top ends. But you know they have they have good players going forward. I think Roldan. He, I think he's good. Yeah. Uh, he just needs to stop shooting as soon as he sees the like twenty five yard mark. Yeah. Um, I think because he made one in the in the the group stages, like it was in his mind always. Now, like, oh, I'm gonna make a fucking another one. I'm gonna make. Oh, another. he was the one that shot the that low one. He shot. Uh. Uh. Yeah. He had a, a goal from outside the box in like one of the first group matches. And it was okay. Nothing crazy, but you know, I think he got trigger happy after that. But I think he has the license to do that kind of stuff because he's one of the, the more best technical player on a shit team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You get free reign to do whatever. I you mean, want. look at Funes Mori. He looks like like one of the best players in in Concacaf now. But when once the A team is back, he's in my opinion, he's like one of the guys. He's a, he's like average. Yeah, yeah. He he's definitely like you mentioned Vela and Chicharo. Oh, and as different as those guys are, Funes Mori is of a different mold. He's yeah, well, those, he's more of a traditional nine. He's, those are guys that played in Europe, you know. Well, b- besides that, they're like they're Chicharo's a poacher. Yeah, he's a you know a fox in the box. Uh, Vela is more creative. Vela is a lot more technical. You know, he's got a lot more to his game that that can uh, abuse defenses. Oh, he stepped out of that line. It's We're hard watching to tell. Atlanta yeah. 2 versus Tulsa. Um, yeah. Is a USL? Yeah, USL. Uh, yeah, that's how star for football we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you were watching... Uh, what were you watching yesterday? You were watching... Uh, I was watching Espanol against um, Granada. And I got, it was an okay match, pre-season actually. Preseason match, yeah. I like, I like those matches, too, because you, you get to see if some of the youngsters get a go. Um, the only funny thing is that they never have their names on their back for preseason, so... It's like you never know who it is, but it's like, oh, shit, that was pretty sick. I'll try to remember that face. But I think uh, right now I'm, I'm so starved for club football. Like, there's random games going on. I guess United played today as well. They played against Brentford. I mean, it's just like these. Oh, yeah, of, like, Andreas Pereira. What a goal. Oh, I don't really? know if you saw it. No, no, I didn't see Sheesh, it. Sheesh, no. man. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, in, yeah, we're watching that game now. And I referenced that uh, Joaquin Rivas plays there. I think he's going to probably get an ML- a shot at an MLS team soon. Yeah, I think he deserves it. He, he's he got a great left foot, by the way. Yeah, he's, he's pretty got clinical. A shot on him. Yeah, he's pretty yeah, very clinical. clinical. But, we, yeah, we were talking about Chicharito, Bella, and, uh, and Funes Mori. Yeah. Funes Mori is more of your traditional nine. He's going to, you know, do a lot of back to the back to the goal, a lot more, lot more physical, and he's fucking tall. He's like 6'1", 6'2". He's, yeah. he's a big guy. He's a, yeah, he's a big guy for sure. So... You know, I, I I think that adds a good uh, layer of depth for, for the sure. national team. Um, obviously, he's not going to start ahead of Chicharito. Uh, he's not going to start ahead of uh, uh, he, yeah. of uh, uh, Jimenez. He reminds me of Oribe Peralta in terms of the, his level for the national team. 
like that like he's not that great but it's just the fact that there's not many know. other I options never, right so, now. i was never a fan of peralta i, I always found him to be like a just a hound just you're gonna run a lot and you're gonna uh, chase the ball as a lagunero like fan, you're, you're making sorry. You're, yeah you're just you're trying really hard uh, I, I found that guy to be so limited but he's such a legend within mexico especially america fans uh, and Santos yeah. too. Santos more even more so. I'd you say. think so? Yeah, yeah. He's like, a, if I were to compare, he's like Grealish to Villa fans. You know, Santos isn't wow. a big team in Mexico. I think they're like slightly, but not not to the level of America, Chivas, Monterrey, Tigres, but slightly below that. He's a legend to them. I think he's one of their best players they've had in the last decade Ever. or so. Yeah. Um, but you know. I mean, since I think Borghetti uh, played also for Santos, right? Sure did. Man. Um, that's, that's their legend. That's their legend. And then after that, it's probably Peralta. But just like thinking about it from a Liga MX perspective, Funes Mori, like th- I feel like that's a very similar level. But Oribe Peralta won't be remembered because Cheech existed. Jimenez, who I didn't even mention, by the way. I think when Jimenez is in the team, uh, Funes Mori is an afterthought. He's, well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's a, he's a layer of depth. Yeah, once Jimenez is, is 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 back, um, and there's going to be other options moving forward. Uh, JJ Macias is coming up pretty nicely. Uh, I think we mentioned a few weeks ago he got uh, loaned out to Hetafe. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, uh, Funes Mori, you know, for the traditional Mexican fan, he's never going to satisfy everybody unless he scores a lot. And, and his scoring yeah. rate isn't too bad. I think he's bad. got four and five now. Yeah. So that that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, I think he's going to be depth f- for the team moving forward as long as he's getting called up. Right. He's not at the level of the top guys, unfortunately. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And he's he's a little older too. I think he's like thirty. Yeah, it's 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 always interesting listening to listening to his the way he speaks as well because he still has the Argentine accent, but he has adapted a bit to like how Mexicans speak and their vernacular. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I like it and um. Yeah, we'll see how it fares out. I think, um, you know, right now, there's not really an out-and-out nine that Mexico has under 25 that I can say is for sure a go to, to, to hold the reins for the next decade. So he might actually feature a big part you know, of those, what we think. Th- you know, it's funny that you say that because uh, the nine as we know it is kind of a hot commodity these days. Not a lot of teams have been, like, in- including, including club level. But we saw with Brazil... For example, yeah, they didn't really have a guy. They tried Gabigol, Gabriel Jesus. Uh, he was hurt. Firmino, Firmino, <laughs> Richarla God, Richarla Bum. Um, uh, who's uh, by the way, he's bagging sp- a lot for in the Olympics team right now. Oh, good for him. That's his level. Yeah, first uh, player to ever score a Premier League hat trick. I oh. mean, a hat trick from a Premier League player in in the Olympics. Wow, would you look at that? Yeah, but um, um Spain doesn't have a nine. Uh, uh, I England has England. England's got uh, options though. Yeah, how they didn't win the Euros is beyond me, brother. Uh, that's just the luck of the draw. Uh, I guess so. Um, so yeah, uh, Concacaf I think is a, is is an interesting tournament right now. I mean, uh, and speaking of lacking nines, U.S. You know, there's no one clear cut. No one's clear cut for sure. Even, but we have even good prospects. So. Prospects. Sure. I don't know. Um, I can't say Mexico has many at at the nine as many as the U.S. has, but nobody's established. But like right now, there's you know Josh Sargent, Daryl yeah. DK, Conrad you know, De La Fuente. And with that, you know they they get a little overhyped. 
Well, they're actually they're, scoring in Europe. They're they're not actually spending a thousand five hundred days without scoring. You um, know? You're talking about Lainez, right? Oh, I I didn't uh, want to say any the names. Striker? I Lainez, well, the he's striker? an attacker. He's an attacker. Well, there's no other. I can't name a striker in in Europe besides Jimenez. I mean, who's doing pretty good for himself there? Uh, who's done pretty good for himself? Done, yeah, say. for sure. Yeah, I I can't wait to see him back. I've seen pictures of him training, so that's good. That's he a scored, good sign. I think on Sunday or Monday. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn, who did they play? No idea, cause they, cause Wolves didn't even announce it. Yeah, yeah. I just, I know he scored. Uh, someone on Reddit said that he scored. Oh, it was probably one of those games that was like behind closed doors. Yeah. Because I'm sure I would have seen a video of it by now. I mean, we we talk about U.S. players being overhyped. I think all fan bases overhype their guys. You know. Oh, of course. So, totally. but I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the U.S. has prospects at nine. Damn, that might be a pen. Oh no, uh, a lot of you know prospects at nine. Nobody established. But they're kind of going through a regen right now. They're, you know, it's just a new layer of players coming through. The Josie Altidores, Wandos, and Zardes. And, uh, kind I of find a DK to be a poor man's Josie Altidore. I would say uh, he's he's kind of like Josie Altidore. Uh, he's Jolty Altidore-esque. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but even from the standpoint that he's actually played in England, and albeit the championship, he, has a, he had a really good scoring record in the championship, um, even though he played one half of the season. But I think... Daryl DK is not the guy for the future, but it's a guy that you'll need for certain games if you want to do hold-up striker play. He'll get called up when so-and-so is injured. I think he'll always be in the team, but he's not going to be, like, a, like he's he's gonna be a starter. Than, he's better than uh, Juzzy Zard is. Right, example. right. Yeah. That's, and that's, not a, or that, that's not a tough bar to clear. But I think when you look at Matthew Hoppe, Sargent, Conrad de la Fuente, Sebastian Soto, Pifak, you know, there's just a, a bunch of guys playing in Europe. There's prospects, but there's nobody established right now. When we talk about established players on the U.S., it's like McKenney, Pulisic. These are these are guys that are undeniably good. Um, yeah, and I I, th- I think you named it, and you, I guess other than um, what's what's the kid that that works at um, Dortmund? Uh, Giovanni Reina. Oh yeah, 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 what a player! I, I forgot his name for a he, second. He's inherited the, inheriting Sancho's number seven as well, so I I might need really? to cop that. I might need to cop that. You might, uh, huh? Yeah, I already have my Pulagod one, so might as well do the double, right? Um, but yeah, man, it's we'll see. I I, uh, I do like the move uh, by JJ Macias, though. I, I want to see how well he can do in Hetafe because I feel like they have they have a uh, space for him there. There's opportunity there. Yeah, exactly. It's just up like, to him. Uh, like people get caught up in, oh, why isn't he playing for fucking I don't know Sevilla, like Villarreal, yeah. yeah, like Sevilla. Who, by the way. Uh, Speaking of Mexicans, strong rumors of uh, Tecatito Corona going to Tevilla. Oh, that's we'll right. We'll talk about a little that. bit about that in the in the uh, transfer uh, section. Woo! I love that. Um, Whoa! Not not the not the trade. I mean the transfer. Well, I like it, but well, uh, like I said, we'll talk about that in a second. Well, Tecatito it, is a shit house player, so <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, um, going back to the Gold Cup, so. Well, Salvador loses to Qatar. Right. Qatar figures it out, or, you know, they hold on. They got a bullshit penalty. And, you know, El Salvador couldn't really convert the, the third goal. Tough luck. Close, yeah. Tough luck, man. And I would have preferred, much preferred El Salvador to go. You know, I, uh, I don't know if I've said this on the pod, but, you know, growing up as, you know, as Mexican and in a very Mexican-heavy community, yeah, 
you grow up thinking a lot of bullshit, saying a lot of bullshit uh, about the Salvadorians and Central Americans in, in general. And they're you inferior, know, the, bro. The older, <laughs> the older I get, <laughs> the older I got, yeah. you know, I realize, hey man, you know, all my friends are Central American. I have Guatemalan friend, like all my really close friends, uh, you know, Guatemalan. I have uh, Salvadorian friends, uh, Nicaraguense friends. Um, yeah, shout out to Kevin Garcia. So, yeah, my whole my you know my whole circle is you know uh, all Latin American. You're Salvadorian, of course. I am um, American, and uh, and you know, yeah. you know, but part of my offspring is half uh, is quarter Salvadorian. So that's right. That's you know, right. so the, you know, I've gotten a, a lot of affection towards Salvadorians in you know the last. You know, 10, 15 years of my life. And, uh, yeah, they're you know, I was, I was strongly rooting for El Salvador. And, it, it, you know, I was kind of, I was annoyed that Qatar shithoused their way to, uh, <laughs> to a fucking win. Supporting El Salvador for me is like supporting Preston North End. Passionate fans, we're shit, we know it, but we're going to enjoy every little victory. And this, this whole tournament did warm my heart. Because before the Gold Cup there's started... Hope. There's hope now. I, I went to go watch live the game, El Salvador-Guatemala. But it was the C team, so it was a shitty game. But I did see, like... I did see the vision from uh, Hugo Perez. He just didn't have the right team. And now seeing seeing it come to fruition with a better uh, selection, I think going forward, El Salvador has a shot at making the World Cup next year. I really... I, I, I genuinely I, think I genuinely that. believe that El Salvador is going to make it. Especially with, so. the, with the expanded... Yeah, the player pool is expanded yeah. now. So well, not only that, but there, there's oh, more the, teams the qualifying. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, which I'm not a fan of, but hey, that's gonna get you guys there. And I don't beyond Canada and Jamaica. I think Salvador's fifth place. I think yeah, right now Salvador is the best Central American country. Honduras is the only one giving us a, a, a real fight right now. Yeah, so you're like five and six. Yeah, between yeah, exactly. those two teams. And um, yeah, I, I was I was annoyed that Qatar, like you said, they don't really belong there. <laughs> like it, would, it, it would be nice for an all Concacaf semifinal, but yeah. you know it is what it is, and uh, I think uh, Qatar's—they've impressed me a little bit as well. Oh yeah, no, I mean, lie. yeah. Even though like they have a Brazilian player, yeah, uh, Miguel, Miguel. Well, they're they're actually uh, champions of Asia technically, so they're 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 a good team. You know, they're not a bad team. Um, yeah, I and just, like I said, that guy FIFA, I think he's legit. <laughs> He'll he'll get like a championship yeah. level sort of team. Yeah, he'll play for like Queens Park Rangers or something. Yeah, or like fucking Schalke. Schalke. Wow, um, but uh, anyway, um, enough about Gold Cup. Enough about. Well, hold on. We well, we didn't. We got to give our predictions, right? Well, yeah, we didn't talk about Mexico beating the shit out of Honduras. We didn't talk oh, about Honduras a C team, uh, right? Uh, United States. Uh, yeah. Struggling against. Uh, Who they play? <laughs> U.S.'s C team against... U.S. is B and a half team. Nah, it's a C team, brother. But uh, I know I can't remember uh, Jamaica, who actually is not a bad team. So there's actually some merit in struggling B team. to them. Whereas struggling against El Salvador is a little bit more uh, worrying, in my, in my opinion. But, you know, the U.S. created much more deserved the win. And in the Honduras-Mexico match, I was going to bet on that match. But I wouldn't that- say that U.S. created more. Well, I mean, I think there's stats to back it up, but there, I mean, the, and, and I remember the stats very clearly because I knew we were going to have this conversation. Uh, okay. Uh, 10, 10, 10 to eleven shots. Five, both teams five on target. Right. And I, how many? I know that creation. The the possession was very heavily towards 
U.S. In but, combination with the shots, I think that's a merited result. Um, you know, was it? A, it wasn't as clean cut as, as you'd hope, but Jamaica yeah. are, are one of the better, I, I stronger like sides in the in the you know. Group. Jamaica was good. Jamaica's good. Yeah, and U.S. Bobby Dick Cordova Reed. Yeah, U.S. was was the better team still. Yeah, I think. yeah, it's deserved. It's it, not. I wish it can be close I, but clear. I wish U.S. was playing a Jamaica team with three players that had COVID, like Honduras, but. Unfortunately, you can't always get the luck the of, result of the pandemic. Different? Could be. I mean, would it? I I think if I could predict things based on like if I was God, I would be able to have an answer for you. But I can't play hypotheticals. But I'd imagine, yeah, I'd imagine. You um, think Honduras at full strength beats Mexico at full strength? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying that. It was going to be a much more competitive match with their three starters that didn't get to play. Starters, by the way, not not just any guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it would have been a much more competitive match. But you know, Mexico is always destined to win um, against a team like Honduras. You know, um, even with full strength or not full strength, but yeah. they would have had a better chance if it was so a full. So the lineup. correct result occurred in the correct manner. Not the correct manner. I think um, I think it's a one nil, two nil win with the full strength team. It's it's not a four nil win with the full strength team. A clean sheet, um, and uh, and very obviously better. I think that's that's how Mexico should win against any team like that, really? regardless of well, of who I, they bring on. As a Mexico fan, I totally respect that. You know, uh, considering that you are a Mexico fan, I think that's the kind of confidence you should have. But they've clearly shown me in this tournament that Mexico has taken a step back. They're not the powerhouse that they used to be. And this was the only result where they showed that. So it does tell you a lot that Honduras missing those players definitely did help the result. But, you know, those are hypotheticals. I don't have a definite answer, and I'll never have proof for you. And, and we, Well, you're speaking like it, but at the end of the day, Mexico... Well, do you have proof that they would have still won 4-0 if those three players were, were there? You don't have that either, so... That's what I you're would trying say, to insinuate. I would say like nine hundred nine nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine times out of a million mm-hmm. that would happen. Wow. Yeah. That's that's incredible. Yeah. I should have just bet on Mexico then if if the, if that was the odds. Well, but I mean, what, happened, what, win, what really what really transpired a Mexico win? For sure, so but a four nil win the, is and the that's gods what you, were fair. you're saying that the, a four nil win still would have happened, and I don't think I quite agree with that. But you know, you're free to think what you what you want. You're a fan of the team, so I can't expect you to think well, any less. They're the they're a better team. I know, and and that's where the question comes in: How much better are they? You know, when a team's missing key players, obviously that makes a big difference. Are, are those guys like fucking? They're starters. They're starters for Honduras. They're starters. If if Funes Funes Mori, Tecatito, and um, Edson Alvarez, or whoever the fuck they took, was out, it would make a difference for Mexico, right? Those are some of the three best players Mm -hmm. from that team. It does make a difference, right? They don't have to play in La Liga. They don't have to play in in Australia. I don't know. But but you're making it sound like these guys are gonna are gonna beat Mexico. No no, they're gonna make a difference in the result, and that's where you're not hearing me. So I'm saying Mexico probably still would have won. It would have been more competitive. So this is not a fair representation for Honduras, is what I'm trying to say. Two zero would have been like, is it more competitive? Two zero two one. Because Mexico. Because then you're also you're actually, also not taking into the account that Honduras maybe would have attacked more if they had their actual team. 
Yeah, and and Mexico really took their break off, so this game would have been wide open, and fucking ten zero if they wanted it to. And wow, they they just ten zero. They, they should be in Europe then, because if they're winning ten zero, well, maybe. geographically speaking, they well, can't Qatar's be. here, so geograph geographically speaking, it's possible because we're on Earth, we're all on Earth. So the way, at least the way that FIFA's running competitions now. But that's besides the point. I know, but, you know, the Euros, they don't really accept that. That's right. And that's a good thing that neither team is European, so we wouldn't have to worry about that. But, you know, regardless, Mexico won. They were expected to win. The odds favored them. I just don't think that a 4-0 win is always in the cards when both teams are at full strength. But, you know. Um, I think full strength, both teams, Mexico is that much better. Like, I, don't, I don't know what the argument is here. I, I don't want to repeat do you think, myself. Do you think U.S. full strength beats that Honduras team full strength three four nil? No. No. I'm realistic. I'm not. I'm not in this fantasy land where I think my team is always going to win five nil. This is the first time Mexico scored more than three goals in this whole tournament. You you, you you're talking about DK and Hoppy like they're the fucking next big thing. They walk into Mexico. They don't. Yeah. They, who's a better nine than them? Funes Mori. After that, who? Better nine than who? Well, so, Hoppy's not even a nine. Let's get that clear. He's a nine if you watch Schalke, but I, I, I don't think you watch Bundesliga, so I don't expect you to know that. I'm not, I'm not uh, going to watch. Well, I well, mean, you shit on Bundesliga all the time. So well, no, I do, I but I still I watch all types of football. I mean, I know you think I, I only watch City, but I watch all types of football. But my point is that those players are good. You know, they. I don't think there's any other player in Mexico that plays in that attacking three that that is giving them a run, you know, from from what well, you guys have right now. Well, Funes Mori is better than, than DK. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't agree with that. Okay. And, you, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm talking like a Mexico fan and you're talking like US fan. And I'm talking about a player who's, right. who's 21, you're talking about a player who's 28. So there there's a difference for sure. Those are two different players. Better's better. Two different stages in their career. But yeah, but better's better. And we're talking about right now. Yeah. And then better's so after better. So when when DK is 28 getting the golden boot in the Premier League, we can talk. Right. And and I mean, my point is that those two guys still make the Mexico team. Um, on the bench. They still make the the Mexico team. That's my point. Yeah, so you're talking about these players like they're trash. They still make Mexico, bro. They're you know so they're trash and Mexico's yeah, but, trash. But you're saying they they walk on. Yeah. Walk on means starting. No, walk on to me makes it means make the team without anybody you know even giving you a, a competition to make the team. Mm, I'd have to look at it, man. I'd have to look at the whole team. <sighs> I guess I, I'm not gonna say that that they're trash because obviously not. I mean, who's gonna say that? But I'd have to actually look at the fucking lineup and be like, okay, this is where we can slot him in. Is he starting? I don't think so. Um, anyway, we got sidetracked there. Um, where were we? Uh, oh, Canada beats Costa Rica 2-0. Uh, standard. Canada's also at not full strength. No team is at full strength in this tournament. If we're yeah. honest, uh, yeah, that's yeah. why it's it's one of the worst gold cups in my opinion. Still entertaining, but it's just not yeah. a real reflection. It's not the true reflection of everyone's uh, abilities. Anyway, uh, Canada was one of the better teams of the tournament coming in, even before all the injuries and all the COVID and everything. Uh, takes care of Costa Rica, who have absolutely nothing to offer. They've taken a very huge step back. I think they were. A very solid number three in CONCACAF. Yeah. They were. I mean, they've made it as far as Mexico in the World Cup, so they must be at least kind of decent, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, 
um, uh, I don't know. They they haven't produced any players. They still call up Brian Ruiz, Joel Campbell, who's only twenty nine, looks all of thirty eight. Yeah, and uh, Canada handled it really. I mean that that was an ass whooping. They did what they could, and Canada still has some pretty good players. Um, uh, they have a number seven who happened to score the second goal. I, I forgot his name, but he's he's pretty good. I, I like his game. Hoylet. Uh, what's his name? I think it's, it must be Junior Hoylet because that's the only guy I could think of. If not, it's Cavallari or uh, Sabaria or something like that. I mean, they're missing Jonathan David and, and uh, Alfonso Davies, their most notable players after that. I mean, Mark Anthony K is pretty good. Place for LAFC actually just got transferred over to Colorado Rapids in a blockbuster trade like yesterday, I believe. But I mean, that Canada team is good, but they're just not real when it comes down to it. Uh, well, Hoylet scored, but the guy Eustequio, Eustequio, uh, yeah. not 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 too sure about that bloke. Well, it's crazy. Uh, Costa Rica had more possession, um, but zero shots on goal. Anyway, um, yeah, Canada took care of them. So semifinals are set. We got uh, Qatar versus USA. Uh, prediction? 2-0. Uh, 2-0? I was going to say 3-1. U.S. Yeah, 2-0 U.S. That's not a, that's not a bad uh, result. And then Mexico beats Canada 2-0. Fair, fair. I have a 1-0 win for Mexico. All right. So the final is set. Yeah. U.S. versus Mexico. Well, for us, anyway. Um, since the finals on Sunday, which is kind of weird because they got three days break for the semifinal and they're only going to get two days break for the final. Um, so Yeah, it's a bit strange. That's, that's going to wear on their legs a bit, right? Yeah, for sure. For so sure. not only are both teams not bringing their full heat, they're going to be a bit tired. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. I think it's the truth for any team playing right now. I mean, you know. Sure. Even the players playing in the Olympics and stuff. Like, they're they're for sure tired. You know, players like Richarlison. Pedri, who's... Yeah, Pedri as well. Played, I think, 60-something matches. Pau Torres, heading, yeah. heading into the Olympics because he got... He took the job at the Olympics. Um, but anyway, I guess for the final, I'm, I mean, I'm going to gonna go out on a limb here and, and say, uh, you think the uh, U.S. is going to win? No, no, I, I predicted before the tournament that Mexico would win, before the tournament even started, and, and I still stand by it. I'm I'm rooting for the U.S., but just to stick by my prediction that I made earlier, I'll, I'll go with Mexico. Um, it's the least they can do after, you know, losing the Nations League, so... I the think coveted Nations League. Yeah, where the two A-teams went head-to-head, and we got to see who's the real CONCACAF champion. Um, so, you know, I think they're going to have that fire because they know they already lost one major final already this year to major. the U.S. Again, uh, where two A-teams went head-to-head. Major final. Again, where two A-teams went head-to-head and one team came out on top. Now I think one Mexico are going to have a fire. Broken plays and a penalty. Uh, so we're going to glorify a B-team, C-team tournament over an A-team tournament. Was it really a tournament? Well, I mean, you build up to it. There was a quarterfinal, semifinal, and a final. There was a quarterfinal? Yeah, but it wasn't. It didn't get played then and there. It was played prior to the tournament. That's kind of how they work. It's not all in one setting like the Gold Cup. Um, um, it's the same thing if so you follow. Not an actual tournament. 
No, it's a tournament. You know, Champions League, they play the semifinal at one time. Mm-hmm. They play it at another time here. A club. A club that's kind of that's kind of how it works if it's not too yeah, I don't know. intricate I, I of a system. I don't remember international tournaments being played like well, that. Well, it's different. Things change. You know, it's not always yeah. going to be the same. But, you know, Euro Nations League is the same if you follow that. I'm not sure. Um, you know, it's not only the Euros. But, but yeah, um, I, I, I like I said, I have Mexico winning, but I'm going to be rooting for the U.S. So. All right. 2-0, Mexico. Dos Cero. Yeah. We love that one over here. Yeah. Yeah, we sure do. Um, now that we got our pot shots out of the way, uh, let's talk transfers. Um, I guess the most notable one is Varane. Ben White. Oh, yeah. Oh, Arsenal. Yeah. yeah let, let's let's not forget that one. Yeah. It, that's ben, a 50 million pound player. Oh, God damn it. Who do you play for? <laughs> Brighton. Brighton. Yeah. Is he a 50 million dollar player? Uh, that, like so, he's really like a thirty million dollar player, but he's English, so there's the English tax. Fuck. It's a reason why Harry Kane that's is one hundred twenty. That's he a sixty six percent tax. Yeah, yeah, it's um, whoa, it's crazy, right? You know, John Stones went for a crazy amount. Raheem, all these players are gonna do that. So when you're English, there's gonna be that that uh, quota. Um, but yeah, and then what we also like staying within the center back realm. Varane will be going to United for thirty mil, I believe, around thereabouts. Uh, spread out within five years or something like that. Are you paying it out? Well, I saw it was closer to over fifty mil. Um, I'm talking about pounds. pounds. I, I don't know if it's yeah. I'm thirty pound and fifty pound for Ben White. I'm not sure what the U.S. the U.S. dollar number is there, but um, yeah, man. So um, people were actually ridiculing that, saying, "Oh, they paid thirty mil for Varane," but they're at two different stages in their career. You know, people clown the Harry Maguire move and look at it. You know, it's looking good now. No, so, like it's funny how the opinion on the Harry Maguire move is starting to change a bit. I mean, it, it's still always too much, but you know, now you're looking at oh Harry Maguire, blah, 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 and now he's oh Harry Maguire is one of the more respected defenders in the world. Harry Maguire for me was always a great center back. City were were in for him. They they didn't like the price, so they didn't do it. He was always a great center back at at Leicester. So it's not like. He's become a better player at United. He's always been great, in my opinion. And he's always been getting England call-ups for as long as I can remember. So, yeah, I mean, he's a good player, and it's, there's no surprise in it. Um, and his his transfer fee has been justified, and I think the same will happen with Ben White. And as for Varane, I don't think comparing Varane and Ben White is, is a fair comparison. Because people are like, we got a four-time Champions League winner oh, 42, for 30 mil. 42 million uh, Oh, 42 pound. mil. Uh, 42 mil, oh, like, that's a bargain. They got him for 50 mil. Bro, Ben White is only set to get much better over time. He's you know, young. A lot you know? of the times too is depending on who's reporting, they'll they'll purposely quote in either pounds or euros. Yeah. Which are there's a pretty huge difference there, especially when you're talking about millions. Well, for there's more difference with US dollar, but between pound and euro it's yeah, it's exactly. a lot closer. Yeah. yeah. And then when you and then when you factor in the, the dollar, the US dollar, because some people do do that, um there there's always gonna be kind of conflated numbers there yeah um and then also when they talk about wages sometimes they'll talk about wages per week sometimes they'll talk about gross and then sometimes they'll talk about net which right. are all different things yeah so you know there, there's a way to kind of construe the message in a way that that's how you want to portray it and uh with, with these sort of deals i mean when you look at it in black and white, which which signing is better for those teams, you know? Yeah. 
and the the biggest because Arsenal don't need a left back. Well, they they got a center back. They need they need a right back is what they need. But Ben White's a center back. So oh, I thought he was a left back. No, no, he he's a center back. Uh, but he's a left center back. Um, but okay. you know he's a center back. And you know when you spend fifty mil on a player like that, it's it's a player that you can always sell in the future. As you well. always want him to perform right away, though. And is he ready to perform at the level that Arsenal and their supporters are going to want? I I think he's capable of it. You know. Um, he was great at Brighton, and that's a worse team. So I could only imagine he'd be better at Arsenal. And the great thing is that they could always sell him either for profit or around the same price. The true that well for that, profit, he's gonna have to really play well. Yeah, he's uh, but, have to but he's, he's always gonna be English, and he's always he's probably gonna make the national team soon once all the the older cats leave. If he continues in the same trajectory, whereas Varane, he's already at the later stages of his career. Um, he's not in his prime anymore, but my point is that you can't really 28 sell. is not your prime? Uh, no, well, it's the tail end of his prime. And and I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's had the best year in his career because I've seen him at better points in his career. Unless unless you disagree, which is, I mean, I mean that's that's your deal. But my thing is that it's harder. It's going to be harder to sell Varane for profit, whereas Ben White, there's always the, the chance at well, that. Well, I don't think Manchester United are getting Varane to thinking – Thinking ahead, where okay, maybe we're going to be able to sell this guy. Well, clearly they're for, not for a profit. Yeah, because they spend. I mean, he's like not going to stay there for the rest of his career. Eighty-two mil, I, I don't ninety think. mil on Pogba. They're not going to get profit there. That, that's I don't think United. Well, right now, sell. Pogba is like valued at like forty or fifty. And that's my tops. point. Yeah, so you're losing fifty mil yeah, off so, the rip. But yeah. I'm saying like, I don't. I don't think they're concerned about it. But it's always nice to have. I well, okay. So so beyond monetary value, right? But on. He probably still has like five or six good years in him. If four at, at a very good, at a very good level, um, it does he, what you scoff? I know when you said six years, I was like, yeah, I definitely did scoff. Yeah, but when you okay. said four, that's more realistic. Well, four I think. at a high level, because he's twenty eight. 27 or twenty eight? I don't know. I don't know. I don't really don't have his age off the top of my head. But yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't either. Um, so let's just say 28. Right. Uh, four years, so he'll be 32. So in that four years, do you think United can get either a league title or a, or a Champions League title? No. In any of those four years? Zero. He doesn't help make them title contenders? Continue? Yeah, oh, he's 28, yeah. No. It starts with the manager. They're not going to be winning a, a trophy, maybe a Carabao or a, a FA, maybe, but with a major trophy that you're referring to, I don't see it happening. That you know, but it would have to depend on if they, you know, how great Sancho could be. But I think there's just there's a lot of good teams in the Prem. I think Chelsea and 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 Man City are still just a notch above, but I think United are at their best level they have been in the past uh, five years. I think this is the kind of signing that that goes against what United have been doing for the last seven, eight years, where they they always wanted to get somebody that had a name, like a huge name, like a very attractive name. And last year, obviously, they struck out on Sancho, got Sancho this this year. Varan Varan is a kind of piece that gets you to to solidify the team. You get second place last season, and really second place is, you know, so far behind. 
first place, it was a, what, like 10, 12 points. Right. Um, but I think this is just another piece to add to the to the run t- to towards getting a title. I I don't know that that United are thinking of a central defensive midfielder, which I think is the only hole left in the starting lineup anyway. Because I think otherwise the team is pretty strong. I I think they're a good team, but um, you know they are, the thing is United already had a good defense. I'm not sure why they they went for a center back. I think they only got their defense is only better now. But if that I don't know if that was what they needed to do, but they did. You know you got your starting lineup is who Luke's. was their other starting center back like solid center back. I think I other than McGuire they McGuire they, they needed someone to partner him with and. It was always like a revolving door between Lindelof, Eric Bailly, and, and those guys aren't bad, by the way. They're, they're not, not but they're but they're not they're not the kind of starting center back that you want if you're trying to get a Champions League or or a league title, unless you think otherwise. Um, I think it's not that much of an improvement, if I'm honest. I think on those guys, I think Varane is better, but it's not like oh my god, it's night and day. Their oh, their defense is great now. I don't think it's that. I think I, it's a slight a slight improvement. I totally disagree because I think he's a huge improvement over those guys. Uh, and that's and I where think, I think and that's and where I, and we I wanted, disagree. And I wanted Eric Bailly to be that guy. I wanted him to be like that kind of. Uh, he came from Villarreal, right? And I, I thought he was going to be like this, just fucking marauder that was going to just turn that defense around and he just hasn't ended up being that guy through injury through you know boneheaded decisions like red cards or giveaways but i think Varane really is a, a big step up over those two guys lindelof and i think he's Mar- a step up i don't think he's a big step up but we'll see we'll see we'll see how the season pans out i can't say that he's a huge improvement he is better he's an improvement but a huge improvement I think right now United's back line is, is one of the best in the league. Uh, they have Luke Shaw, Maguire, Varane, Bissaka. Solid. Defensively solid. Solid. You know, they're up there with City. Um, they're up there with, with Chelsea. No, I don't, I'm not saying they're better, but they're up there now. But it doesn't only happen there, you know. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I can't really give a prediction on them per se, but I think it's a good move for United. I would have, if I was a United fan, I would have preferred they went for a center defensive mid. They didn't. Maybe they still can, although I see it unlikely because well, they already spent a lot on Sancho. But. Well, I think uh, a lot of the rumors now are pointing towards Pogba getting. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think Varane is better than Kunde? Because that's a big improvement today? for me. That's a big improvement for me. I don't think Varane is a big. Kunde is better with the ball. Um, defensively, I think I still think Baran is better. He's faster. He's taller. Nah, nah. What? Not what? What did I, I just say? I don't that think was he, I don't think he's faster than 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 Kunde. But Baran is one of the fastest defenders in the world. I don't I don't agree with you, man. I don't know what makes you say that. But I mean, I I would have to see them in a race, I guess, in a hundred meter race. That's the only real I, way to see. But it's hard to measure that. Um, but I wouldn't say he's a he's a major improvement. That's just my only gripe with with your Varane's like one of one of his biggest attributes is his speed. I haven't seen it. I haven't <laughs> seen it. Maybe I need to watch more of him. I I guess, but yeah, yeah that, I mean that's what, what Varane is known is for. Is Varane come like? Because the thing is, I, I for me, Varane's Varane between twenty two and twenty six was major. That's when he was like a big name. People were like, oh, this guy is the best center because he was young and he was a he was. You know, he and was then a commodity. Since, since then, I've seen him to be very error prone. You know, he's he's had his errors, but I mean, Real Madrid 
was very solid in defense last season. And you can attribute some of that to Courtois, but big part, yeah. But I mean, I mean, know. not completely, but I think I think by a pretty good margin, they were one of the top, if not the top, defensive team. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to see and how Kunde, this season goes. Obviously, technically wise, I think he just has more legs at this way, stage in his career. Way better, you know. I, that's why it's, I have find it difficult well, Kunde, to say. Kunde, he's as far as a defender goes, he's young right now. He's in. He's literally like at his physical, you know, prime where he's heading into your, it. Your physical prime is like mid to late twenties. Not physically. I'm talking about like you're the at your fastest. You know, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. You know, like Veron has had his his you're, you're, you're set not of injuries. Real man, like you don't really. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And so like that, 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 that all that, comes into account. You know, that's why I don't I don't see him as a specimen anymore. I still think he's solid, but I can't say he's like oh he's a powerhouse. He's gonna run through. You know, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think that partnership's gonna be good, especially um, as far as like um, like air. The air, the defensive uh, headers and stuff, and I, I, he does I'm, have height. He does, that's one thing I I can't take away. Obviously, um, aerial ability is pretty a- good. aerial. There you go, aerial. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why I couldn't come up with the word. Him and him and McGuire, they're going to clear everything out. If you remember back in the day, it was Ferdinand and Vidic who were very good. Yeah, in the air, different styles, but yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean. You have two players that complement each other. You have Varane with the pace and Maguire with the passing and the and the dribbling ability to come out from the back. Um, like you said, all, all they need is a defensive midfielder with Pogba looking like he's going towards PSG with that money. looks like it's solid. And I, I said it uh, last season. Uh, United should throw the kitchen sink at Madrid for Casemiro. <laughs> Save them out of their financial hardships, uh, United. Um, you <laughs> well, know, well, we have that fundraiser board lining up with with dollar amounts for Mbappe, right? Right, and you and know, as far as uh, Madrid goes, everyone's available for sale, apparently. Yeah, which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm glad everyone sees it now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I I don't see they have any many other options right now. If they really want to purchase some of the players that have been rumored they're gonna need money for sure i i've been you know i've told you i think they should just stay with some of that uh team and and invest in like you know uh, like 50 mil here for pau torres you know just like these little guys i really would love uh, madrid to go for pau torres I, I i would love for nothing more than that or laporte but they're very dead set on mbappe and i think it's uh not that i don't want mbappe there i think that only focusing on one player it, it, it's a basically mistake. basically it's saying like it's Mbappe or nothing and you're like wait hold on we we're, we're not aspiring towards winning or we're not aspiring towards being competitive or or setting the stepping stones to be competitive in a season or two like it, it's really just all about Mbappe or Holland and, and I, I don't understand that I, I really don't understand that mentality that that's just that's how Real Madrid fans think man not all of them but um, the majority of them, they and, love and they love a big name signing. That's just how that's how their their fandom operates, you know. And and they got so used to that between like early two thousand to probably right after Ronaldo got signed. But we're that's not what gets you championships. No, you know, what gets you championships is signing Cross for twenty five or thirty million, getting Modric, uh, 
getting early on Baran, Carvajal promoting him through the ranks and you know getting Asensio early on those kind of signings are what are going to get you the fucking championships Mbappe yeah he's a hot name he's skillful he's got a lot of flair he's got a big name but him alone is not going to get you championship obviously you know Hazard was a no-brainer that turned out to not work and you know it sucks to say but no one saw that coming. No one saw that downfall coming. But when you put all your chips on one player, you, you're, you're really fucking up everything else. Not only that, but you fuck up the chemistry of the team. Especially coming with a new manager. Um, I, I just don't see what Florentino's thinking right now. Yeah, it's a bit of a head there's scratcher. Because no, there's no names. The only thing that you hear is Mbappe, Holland, and uh, oh, and uh, Kamavinga. You know, if you're if you're banking on three young players... You're fucking up. Yeah, it's not the way... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So, if Manchester United were were smart, they would would prey upon Madrid's uh, obsession with with Mbappe and take uh, um, Casemiro off their hands. Yeah. I'm a huge Casemiro fan, by the way. I'm I'm curious to... Oh, as to what Casemiro is is um is worth these days, I think he's one of the best defensive mids, not the best, but up there in the conversation. Uh, but you know he his legs have been ran into the ground the past three four seasons. So as a club, do you feel comfortable shelling out a lot of money for him? I don't know if that's the case, but you know I'm I'm curious as to how much uh, a club would be willing to pay for Casemiro and how much of a help that would even be for the Mbappe deal. You know. Well, defensive midfielders are notoriously uh, undervalued. They're only overvalued when they're winning you shit like Conte or... And Casemiro has been a winner. Fernandinho, for example. Uh, Fernandinho is... Uh, you know? He's different. He's just a different... He's different gravy, isn't he? And I, and I think Conte and, and, and Casemiro are much better, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, Casemiro's market value right now is 77. No one's going to pay that for him. I think if if Pots, if they can get what they whatever PSG gives them for Pogba, they, they can totally roll that into Casemiro. Yeah, it's it's possible for sure. And that would hurt me because man, I love me some Casemiro, but I also like me some Blanco. Yeah, and I, and I would like him to get uh, you know some time with uh, with Real Madrid, but you know, as long as Casemiro's there, he's not gonna. Not gonna get playing time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we, we kind of veered off a little bit there. Um, speaking of another big rumor, though, and it looks like it's becoming a lot more likely, and this involves your club. I, I guess I'll let you. No, no, I, I'm not sure where you're going, so you should you, you should go ahead because there's a lot of rumors with City. Um. A, a certain Jack Grealish. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's supposedly in the advanced stages now, per Sam Lee of the Athletic reputable tier one journalist listen i said it day one i'd love to have him at city um he's probably going to be more you know operational on the left wing if i'm honest but you know he's great anywhere in the front you know or even in in, at the eight or the 10 and in the 11 on the wing so i am i'd be over the moon if we signed him would probably cop the jersey on the first week and uh yeah 
much more higher on him than Harry Kane, if I'm honest. And, and, and I have to ask, because the 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 price tag is somewhere between ninety and a hundred million. Yeah, is what Jack Grealish offers. Is that worth a hundred million? Does he make your team a hundred million dollars better? That's the. It's really hard to measure it that way, you know. But that's what he's worth, and there's the English tax. So yeah, he's worth it for me. Well, okay, so if Harry why, Kane's why is, for, okay? Okay, so why why if Grealish, who I think would be surplus to your midfield, he's not. He's gonna be more of a winger for us, but you know. Sure. But he can play midfield. That's a great thing. That's why he's worth so much because he's one of the most versatile players in the final third. Now, when you talk about winger, you talk about pace. And it's not, and that's the common misconception, you know. Or Oyarzabal is a winger. He's not the quickest. You know, it's just it's a different style. I, will, I would consider him like a left center mid. Yeah. Oh, he can be that where, too. Where he's not going to go on the wing and curl. That's the thing me. that KDB used to play left wing for us too. You know, and I think they have a lot of the similar qualities, except Jack Grealish is younger and quicker right now, so why not? And I don't think Jack Grealish has all that much pace. Well, he doesn't have quick, that much pace. But he's, he's not a, like he's not like Sané or Sterling. He's a great dribbler, though. He's a great oh, he's dribbler. A great, he's, he, and he's got a ton of flair, and he's a he's super creative. And try getting the ball off him. Yeah, um, he, predictable. But um, he's clear. Is what too. he does, or what he. Yeah, I guess what he does is that more valuable in a hundred million pounds or euros or whatever the fuck the amount is. More, it, does it have more contribution to what potentially Harry Kane's one hundred and fifty million whatevers contribute to your team? Does it add that much more? Um, it's really hard to put because it's all it's a numbers thing, right? But I why don't we sign both? Fuck it. Just let let him hang. Why not? I I'm more. I'm just. I prefer to go for Grealish because he's less expensive, and I feel like his impact can be similar to Kane. Kane's impact would probably probably be more, but I don't really want to go for a Tottenham player. You know, I just it. I don't like going for a club in the top six and taking one of their best players. It's not my thing. It's happened before, like when we got Sterling. Plenty. You know, but he wasn't even the best player at Liverpool. We'd literally be taking the best player at Spurs by a long shot and paying 150 mil. No thanks, brother. I'd rather play 100 mil or 90 mil for Grealish and have him for the next decade. So you hate the, the optics of it. I just, I, but we, but I hate the optics, but we do need a nine. I'd rather spend 100 on Grealish and then 40, 50 on Ings or. Calvert Lewin or Lautaro, Lautaro would probably be a little more, but anybody else, you know, because 150 is a lot. So you think uh, Lautaro is more than Calvert Lewin? Oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not equating them to oh, price, but it's no, it's no, much right. much less than than Kane. Oh, I it's, see. It's, it's yeah, a fraction of what Kane okay. is worth, but you know. Well, anything anything under 150 is a fucking fraction, man. That's, yeah, like that's, that's a stupid that's amount of money. 150 is Mbappe. But I, I want to see it. Oh, well, I want to see the world burn. Well, and no, I don't no, care if City get like five championships in a row. I want to see the world burn. If Harry, no, if we get Harry Kane, we're we're gonna do bits. But fuck, one hundred fifty, bro. We're just we're just making Daniel Levy happy at that point. Who, by the way, is negotiating the fuck out of it. And Tottenham look like, oh well, in my opinion, they've been signing players left and right. They let's not forget they just signed Brian Gil Sabatiera, who I think is. Uh, 
is the heir to Jordi Alba. Ah, for the Spanish national team, anyway. But he, he's a little bit more attack-minded and more of a winger, in my opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. Uh, because for me, the the next coming of Jordi Alba is is, an, is already in Tottenham. Oh, Reguilón. Reguilón. Uh, man, I, I think it's a I great move. Some Sergio Reguilón. Brian Gill is, and I, you know, it's funny, like. I remember we did a season preview last season. And I was like, uh, "Watch a bar, man. This kid, Brian Gill, he's a he's a factor, man. A factor. He was getting called the next David Silva because David Silva played at a bar. So that's what turned my ear to him. And I started watching. I was like, I see the hype, you know. And I think oh, I'm salty at the move that Spurs were able to get him. Salty. I don't know why, cause City can't really fit him in right now. But you know, it's just like that's a really good player. And I think. Um, it could be Tottenham's transfer of the decade, in my opinion, by the way. Because um, they let go uh, Lamela and, and Cash for him. Yeah. That's, I think 25 mil plus Lamela. Yeah. Man, shit. Maybe I should put a bet on United winning the league. That, that shit's going to pay out well right now. Eight to one odds. Why is Chelsea so high? They're not that good in the league. <laughs> Sitting deep in the league doesn't... Anyway. Well, once they sign Holland, it's over, brother. But they're not... Holland don't want to go there. He wants to come to see. He himself said, "I don't like. I don't think anyone's worth that much." You know, I really don't want to sign King because I'd rather sign Holland, even yeah, if it's not yeah, this you season, want to save but that the next season. Yeah. What? Why not? Would, would Dortmund take 150 for Holland? You know, the thing is, I forgot the number, but uh, Holland has a transfer or a buyout clause that teams are waiting for to trigger. Oh, 80. I think yeah. So that's fuck, that's a yeah. fucking bargain. Oh, for Holland? Yeah. yeah. I'll pay 120 comfortably for him. All right. Um, I'm kind of wondering what's stopping someone, say... I mean, I... All right. So, what's stopping Levy from saying, okay, okay, City, I'll take your 150, and I'll tack on another 25 or 30 to get Holland? Yeah, that'd be funny, huh? What, like, what... But why would Holland want to take a step back and join a Europa yeah, team? And, and that's and that's what it's a Europa conference. And that's what I'm saying. Is like, would, would he say that? Or maybe he's like, fuck it. He seems like the kind of guy that's like, kind of fuck it. He doesn't seem as like obsessed with the lights as Mbappe is. He's a strange guy, dude. Strange. He's a weirdo. St- strange. Like, I would. I wouldn't be surprised. He said. <laughs> he said. I hope they're just rumors. Uh, speaking about Chelsea. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to go to Chelsea. Fuck. Yeah, that's a small club. He's a Le- he loves Leeds for some reason. I don't know if it, I don't know if his dad played there, and yeah. he also said growing up his favorite player was Michu. You probably don't know who that is, but he played f- for Swansea. I, I know who Michu is random right? random ass fucking player. Like he's just weird. <laughs> he he's played like two years ago. He likes Schnitzel. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the guy's Do different. Do you like Schnitzel? I never had, but it looks good. It looks like a uh, pollo empanizado. Así los llamamos en España, pero no sé cómo le dicen. They have this mincemeat thing in Germany, too. I fucking, it's like raw meat. Yeah, they love their meat over there. Uh, but yeah, man, Holland's a strange bloke, but I'd love to have him in City, <laughs> straight up. I love well, the guy, I mean, man. any team would love to have him. We're watching highlights of him right now because they're showing it on, on ESPN, but the guy can finish left, right, header, weirdest celebrations, like clumsy, but the guy just can fucking do it all, man. Um, and you know, truthfully, I don't know if he exactly fits with City's play style. You know, 
but I just want him to come to City. <laughs> you know, and once he once he does pick up speed, like he's actually he gets in stride. He's a tough guy to stop. Big, strong, quick. Big guy. Yeah, it's tough to stop those kind yeah. of guys. Is he stealing your misses though? Absolutely uh, not. Probably, yeah, he's kind of a little like. Well, my missus out. likes the darker skin. Ah, so. uh, fair enough. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I wonder what's stopping a team from from selling their best player. And there, there was a. I, I'm I'm kind of going back to Jack Grealish. There was an article, and I forgot who wrote it. They were saying that well, Grealish is living in, like he has two possibilities. One is going to City, and he said winning quote unquote trinkets. Mm-hmm. Or getting a statue at Villa Park. Uh-huh. Um, he's not going to get a statue if he doesn't win a title or a Champions League. Right. First first off. And would Villa ever, as long as they had Jack Grealish in the next 10, 12 years, for example, win that? It's hard to say. Um, but I can assure you that Whoever wrote that wasn't going to write that if United or Liverpool or Arsenal were in for him. They wouldn't write that because there there is this anti-city agenda with, with a lot of journalists. Mm. But I will say... Victims. Uh, you know, the trinkets thing, it's funny because it's not a trinket if United or, or, or Arsenal or Liverpool win it. But it is when City does. But, you know, that's really a, a choice for Grealish to make because make there's sense. like Matt Letizier... Who stayed his his whole career with um, I want to say Leeds. I'm forgetting uh, where he played, but that was the guy who was getting constant offers from United, from you know all these big clubs at the time, and just said, "No, I just want to stay here and be one of the best players here." So he might take that route, or he might you know want to aspire to more trophies. It's on him. Getting really. a statue like that's such a high barometer. Well, I mean, it's, it depends for the, the, the size of the club because Birmingham retired a player who was only 17 years old. He, they retired <laughs> yeah, his no, number. That's so pathetic. So, like, it really depends on that. You're not going to get a statue at City for just winning a league title or two. You're going to need to win four or five. And, and at Villa, if you win one league title, you're going to get a statue, bro. Like, you think so? That's how it is, yeah. That's just the size of a club. But, but to, like, actually be the one to do it. I don't know if Jack Grealish is, like, if they were to get a league title. And Villa, by the way, are like they—they they have rich ownership. Yeah, they're acting like they're like this little fucking poor ass club. They're not like they're not like a big spending club, but they do have money. Their owners are rich as fuck. Yeah, but that that doesn't dictate how much they want to spend. Like, not everybody has a big purse, but right. The thing is, and and this is why a, the and statue why thing gets thrown so out. He, this guy came from the youth ranks. 17 years old playing for Villa in he's the championship at, he's promoted been at Villa them for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, so like he just promoted them. I mean, he didn't promote them himself, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he came through the promotion and he was always a key figure. It's it's like if I said Foden despite him playing for so little, he deserves a statue when it's all said and done because he's one of our own, one of their own, one of our own cuz I'm a City fan. I like I saw him come from from the bottom to the top, so you want to you do want to glorify those players and keep them. At all costs, right? So I, I can see where Villa's coming from. But as a player, you got to have ambitions to play on the Champions League. Jack Grealish deserves to play on the Champions League. Wherever he goes, I don't care if he goes to United, Liverpool, whatever. He deserves to be showcasing his talent next to Neymar and players like that, you know? And he's not going to get that at Villa. So that's what he has to think about, I think. And Yeah, like he has to consider, is Villa going to project it to make Champions League 
mm-hmm. in the next three years. And what, one thing he does have to prepare for is the fact that he's not going to get the same, the same stats anymore. You look at Bernardo Silva, for example, great player. I love him to bits. His stats aren't that great, but because he has a certain role at City, and I think it's going to be a very similar type of yeah. thing for Grealish. Maybe better stats, but he's well, not going to be how I feel getting about stats, man. I, I... Yeah, well, the thing is that at, at Villas, uh, Jack Grealish is like one of their. He's probably a top three goal scoring and then their best assister by far. So I mean, you know that he has to be prepared for that too. So it, it's a tough for a player. You know, you, you can't always have it, but you got to really think deep and hard. And whatever offer Villa are going to give him, City are going to pay more in terms of wages. So. If he's about his money, too, he's going to make the right choice. And he's going to rock the sky blue next season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's worth 100 mil to City. <sighs> but he's worth 100 mil to Villa. Because Villa, are, they're, they're not strapped for cash. And he, they, he just signed an extension, I think, last season. So they're like, you pay this and we'll let him go. And I And I truly believe that... City will pay somewhere between ninety and a hundred. Right, their initial. I don't know bid, if it's not going to be officially a hundred. I, I know for a fact it's not going to end up at a hundred. It could be more, but could be no. It's going to be less. It's oh, you be think so? Their, well, their initial yeah. bid was seventy-five, so I could see that jumping to ninety and call it there. I think ninety is a fair price for him. It's tough for for a club that size to say no to ninety. Yeah, dude. I mean, they just lost. Especially uh, with someone that. Like, maybe, maybe he hasn't officially sent in a transfer notice, but he's given indications that it's, like, kind of... Well, I, kind of I think Villa knows. Get Villa out of here. That's why yeah. they signed Emi Buendia, who, by the way, is... Like a... Fabulous budget player. Budget. I love him. I love him, man. That, that kid's so good. He reminds me of Ben Rama, who's also playing really good right now for West Ham. Um, but, you know, I think they already know they're going to lose him. They got Ben Rama... And with 90 mil, they can only strengthen their team more because they did lose El Elneny. Um, I, I like Villa, and I think they'll do well past Grealish, but I think it's time for him to move on to greener pastures. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, look for the next Jack Grealish. Those come every blue moon. I know. No pun intended. Big, those are big shoes to fill, even though yeah. he's like 5'8". Blue moon. Yeah, but... City have been fairly quiet in the transfer window, so there's not much to say about them. Um, but I, the transfer windows that I love so the most so far have been PSGs and Uniteds. And well, PSG is scary looking, especially if they add so Pogba. Pogba. I, think, I think if they add oh, Pogba and Teo Hernandez, right, it looks like they're gonna end up staying with Mbappe. And if they add Hernandez, Teo Hernandez. Madre mía, Teo con Pochettino. Yeah, that, that's a that's a straight up all star team that's looking like easy favorites for champions. They win champions with that. You know what? Close the shop. So everybody and uh, you know uh, Qatar say thank you. We'll see you next time. Yeah. And something tells me that they won't fucking win it. I don't know. No, I don't think. Well, they could win it. They they're, could. They're, they could. they're top four favorites, but they have to be. It's it, they have to be. They're I do the believe favorites. that it's like if they get everybody they want, they got Hakimi. <sighs> well, they, got they have Wijnaldum. the benefit. They have the benefit of not worrying about the league so much either. You know, as much as like City, United, and Real and Barca have to, and Atleti mm-hmm. and Bayern. Well, not nah, nah, Bayern is different. Bayern and PSG are one in the same almost, but we'll see, man. Wait, um, what? In terms of competitiveness in the league, PSG and Bayern are, are not too different. 
I know Leo won it last year. All right, but Bundesliga is at a higher level. Hmm. Barely. Barely. Hmm. But in terms of, like, we know who's going to finish top three every year for the most part in both leagues. I guess. But, you know, it's it's always the Didn't same. did Dortmund finish, like, in fourth or fifth? Yeah, they had a they had a tough season. Change of managers, Zork came in and did bits. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, in terms of like the league leaders. I I see Bayern as PSG as they're both teams that scalp the league and make an all star team. Um, but you know, I I I struggle to say PSG are favorites for Champions League because cup competitions are so hard to predict. It's really hard, you know. It's matchups, it's uh, availability of players. It's uh, they have a great manager. I love Pochettino, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I you know, obviously the Teo Hernandez thing is still a rumor. I'd love for him to stay at Milan because I think Milan have a good shot at winning the league title next year. Speaking of Milan, I always thought that Kessia would be good for um, United, huh? United. Yeah, hopefully uh, not though. Well, Kessia. Said that he wishes he would stay at Milan his whole career. You know, yeah. players say that shit all the time. Yeah, look at Fabian Delph. You know, he said, I'm Villa through and through. Fucking leaves uh, City to City in like two weeks. <laughs> Dude, Villa fans are still salty about that to this day. Comment snake emojis in his posts and shit. Really? Yeah. It's, gra- it's crazy. Well, I mean, now he's uh, straight up anti-vax. Hey, I hear you, brother. He said something like... Uh, why do we need the vaccine? Why don't we just let the body do what it naturally does? Yeah, what it's meant S- to do. S- says a guy that's half of the season in the physio room. Okay. <laughs> hey, man. You know, far be it for me to judge a guy for why, muscular why, injuries. Why put, a, why, put a, why put a cast on your broken ankle? You just let it do what it naturally does and heal on its own. And it will. It will, but not and as fast will. as it will with a cast. Now, well, let, let it do what it naturally does. Oh, blood clots and heart inflammation? Sure. Um, well, with a fucking broken ankle. Oh like, no no! I'm as as a guy, that, as a guy that's had broken ankles, <laughs> come on man. Yeah. That's let it heal on its own. By the way, that's let's be very clear. Yeah. I've never had a cast. I've had oh, multiple, so you're like Fabian Delph, mu- Multiple injuries. I'm not like uh, Fabian Dell. <laughs> not too different though. Uh, maybe on one side. Uh, well, my broken ankle doesn't affect society. Uh, his does. It'll upset Everton fans. So. Well, it'll prevent him from winning games. He's paid handsomely. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he and is. And he, he gets enough plays. He gets so play. Everything he sure gets played. Maybe not on the field, but hey, off the field. At like the end like of the day, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> unlike Harry Kane, he's, he's actually held up a Premier League trophy, so there's that. Oh. Uh, para, para. Para. But if Harry Kane's a future uh, city star. Greg Berhalter, what a guy, huh? Um, the American Pep. Ah, uh, <laughs> sure. shit. He's the American uh, um, Tito. Tito. Uh, who's the manager for Barcelona a couple years ago? Tito. He died. He died. Oh, I know who you're talking about. But he was the epitome of let the players play. It's not Valverde, is it? No, 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 I'm no, tripping, no. I'm tripping. Oh, no, no, but but him too, him too. Uh, uh, Valverde from from Barcelona. Yeah. Just let the players play. That's what Berhalter's doing. <laughs> Guy's oh, a fucking man. nonce, man. Oh, man. Can't, I can't stand that bastard. Greg Berhalter? Yeah. Ah, oh, dude. I, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. Like, 
He has a lot of haters in the U.S. camp, but I I love he I, do I, I love what he wants to do, but he he just hasn't. He just tries hard, but uh, in the end, it's all about letting the players play. Because when it comes down to it, they 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 perform right. Uh, no, they don't. When it when it comes when it comes to a tactical game, he it's hard to execute tactical games in, at the international mm-hmm. level. I will say. Yeah, he was and, a great club coach. Yeah, but when you when you set up when you set up a team. That's when you show it, and U.S. doesn't show it. They struggled against um, everybody. But they won the Nations League. <sighs> Fucking hell. International tournaments played across eight months. Oh, Fucking hell. Come on. But anyways, back to the topic. Uh, anything else for transfers at the moment? Uh, a lot of it is still so rumors. Guys. To so, uh, Barca? So, no. So, well, to either Barca or... Liverpool. <laughs> Somebody to sideways past the Thiago, I see. Liverpool are a dead club, mate. You think so? Nah, they're, they're still top, but they're like, they're a top three, top, like they're three, four, five in that range. I, I don't see, I think United are, have, have eclipsed them now. They're the best red team in England. Uh, and if it's for the rivalry, um, they just have, they've been very stagnant. Uh, well, the injuries played a huge part in their season last season. Yeah. I think they'd be smart to... Excuse me. They lost uh, Wijnaldum. Fine. But they'd be smart to let go of Mane, Mane Firmino, Mane. and Hendo. Oh, Hendo, man. Please keep him. Uh, because Saul Niguez is an upgrade over Hendo. Barely. Nah, nah, nah. Saul is nice, but he's not at his best moment anymore. Well, of course not. But I think I still think, as of now, he's an upgrade over Hendo. Hendo, um, trash ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, Liverpool would benefit from getting Saul. And the rumor is Barcelona want to let go of Griezmann to get Saul plus cash. Griez. But the main thing is to get Griezmann's uh, wages off the books. Hey, the man needs to get paid, you know? He's going to get paid. Yeah. He was promised an amount, and Barcelona is going to have to swallow that pill and pay it. Yeah, that's a tough one. And it's... I think a lot gets lost in the fact that that's fucking Antoine Griezmann. He's he's a top player, but I... I he's top 10, top 20 in the world. You, re- you really think that? Top 20. Oh, man. I don't, I don't think he's that great, by the way. I think his best season was like 2018, 2017 with Atleti, or even before that with Sociedad. But he hasn't shown me. He hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't shown me much with 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 Barca, man. Well, not He's with Barca. Bobbler. Well, not with Barca. But right before he got to Barca, he was absolutely a top fucking footballer. What He's is okay. this? He's okay. He's okay. <laughs> no, for real, bro. I really think he's a bottler. Like he's not that good. There's so many better players than him. Not really? only, yeah. Like you're I, not you're not fucking with me. And I and I love Griezmann. I have his jersey. But Atletico time, he was nice, bro. But he's dropped a few notches. Even for France, he's like he's I, lukewarm. I I agree. I agree with Barcelona. He's been shit. Yeah, and that's all I have to judge him off of. I can't judge a player right. off of what he was doing right, two or three I years think, ago. I think. Well, first of all, he operates in a lot of the same spaces that Messi does. Yeah. He benefits from coming 
a little bit behind the attack yeah. and then kind of creeping over. And that's exactly what Messi does, and no one's going to do that better than Messi as long as Messi if has I'm two Five legs. more years, yeah, yeah. Messi five doesn't have five more years, years, by the way. Five more years. Do you, do you think Messi has five more years in him? Uh, I don't. No, no, no. I mean, obviously he has five more years at Barca. I think playing at a top level three, maybe four, but it, it, would, mm, it would blow my mind if he was going Whoa. Yeah. Brother, he, he led the league in goals and assists. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Okay. Let's look at two years from now. And that's how I feel about Harry Kane. Nah, just kidding. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> any other rumors? That <laughs> nah, man. Um, nothing major that I can think of. Everything is very still water right now, and that's the COVID thing. Clubs don't want to spend. Clubs are overcharging. Bing, bang, bongo. It's not much. There's transfers I'd like to see, but... That's just me wishful thinking, you know. Who do you want your club to get? Teo Hernandez. But there's no links at all. That's just me. Like, I want a left back. That, that's your that's your team if they were thinking straight. Yeah. And not thinking of Jack Grealish or Harry Kane. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they, they're thinking. Because the guy on the left is a foreigner as it is. Yeah. Sell him for whatever. And Oh, well, we're going to profit mad on Zinchenko when, when and if that happens. Percentage-wise. Oh yeah, well I mean as far as books go, ten million isn't. No, he. I think he's a twenty mil guy. I mean, he. I mean, not only for City, but you see what he does for Ukraine. He's like, I just, bro. I just got that. Uh, that. Uh, that Donald Trump meme. Ah. Uh, <laughs> where he's kind of shocked. He's young. He's a left back. Young. Yeah, Zinchenko's not that old. He's maybe like what twenty four. Maybe. I- I mean, I'll meet you good. halfway. I'll meet you halfway. Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Nah, I think he's worth more. But I mean, the thing is, uh, that's me being generous. That's the pep tax, you know. Like, <laughs> for real. You, you say, he, oh, he worked under Pep. Man, this guy must be good. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, he's yeah, it's a twenty-four. That's his bar- bar- transfer market. No, no, that's just his his age. Uh, what he's worth? Oh fuck, man, that would be a good question to see. Oh, wait, right now his market value is at thirty mil. Wow. But nobody's gonna pay that. I'll say yeah. twenty mil is fair. Which is like sixty six percent of that. So sure, yeah. Um, but I mean, what I really what what I stay with is the fact that he actually really played. He was the best player for Ukraine, I think. Not only did he score, but he was just like you know a creator. He used to be an attacking mid, and Pep molded him. But yeah, left back is an area we need to improve. Mendy's dead wood. That's one of the arguments against getting Grealish to City is that. Pep would take away a lot of Grealish's creativity and flair and, and kind of mold him into this and, robot. Yeah, into that, a corporate that, guy. Yeah, into this robot, like this efficient, you know, you know, just making the safe pass and then doing the overlap and whatnot. What's your opinion on that? As a City fan. I, I can see why people would think that. It used to kill me when I, I would hear reports of, Pep doesn't like Sancho's flashiness and this and that. I'm like, bro, let him be. But now that I've seen Mares, that was my fear with Mares. Mares came to City, maybe not as flashy as he was at Leicester, but he still has glimpses, you know, and Pep has let him coexist so long as he's still efficient. So I think there's room for that. But every pass at City is going to be with a purpose. So that's something that Grealish is going to have to drill through his head. And ultimately, he's gonna have to be a team player. He's not gonna have. He's not gonna feel the need to take on so many players anymore. 
But um, I think his role with City can be a, a big one. But, you know, the, the biggest thing will be, will Pep, yeah, like you said, will Pep be able to work him in? Yeah, because all the, all the passes that Pep will need him to make, all the runs, I think Grealish is capable of. My only question with Grealish is his discipline. The guy loves to go out on a bender. But his, but his approach on the field is, isn't affected. He's a hard worker. He's a Tracks hard worker. back, recovers. And that's great. But what like the way you handle your body off the field plays a big role in your longevity. And he has had his questions with, with injuries. And there's also been rumors of... Um, philandering. Yeah, philandering. You know, he has his problems with partying, which... As a as a normal person, as a citizen myself, like just a regular guy, I have no problem with. But when you're a professional footballer, that has been the demise of a lot of great athletes that we've seen. Well, look no further than John Stones. John Stones, Raheem Sterling. He's top of the league. Yeah, great tournament in the Euros as well. But um, no, I I've, I'm fucking chuffed. If he comes to City, I think he'd be. <laughs> I think he'd fucking do great, man. Yeah, man. He's. I would love. I. You know me. I. I love chaos. I love shakeups. I love. I love all kinds of nonsense, and you know what? Bring take him. Take him to the city. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Take take Kane too. No. I would love that. I would love to see the tears of Tottenham fans. Ah. Uh, I you would know, Villa love fans are that. I would love that. And not only that, but they would. They would. Uh, they would kind of drop down a level too. Unless they brought on someone that's like unknown and maybe they could bring on a Lautaro with that money. I don't know. I would love to do a, a Gabriel Jesus, Harry Kane swap. Plus money. Obviously, plus money. I would say like 100 mil plus Gabriel Jesus. That's assuming that Jesus is worth 50 mil. And that's assuming that he's worth 50 mil to Levy. Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing. Um,. And then you pair him up with uh, Ming Song or do some kind of weird 10 and bring off Armino. Nah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, I love shakeups and I, w- I would love to see that. One thing that I want to say before we end, unless you have anything else to say, is no, that no. we definitely got to keep up more with the MLS and Liga Mekis. Right. Those are, you know, maybe UMLS. At, oh, yeah, we could maybe both do it, man. We actually need Liga to attend Mekis. some fucking games too, man. Oh! In person, whoa, that's it hits whoa, different. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm trying to be uh turn at StubHub rolling in the F30s, oh, tailgating. Oh, oh. You know me, I don't, I don't soon to. come. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. definitely. I do agree, and I think uh, the game's growing here and in Liga Mekis as well. Um, but you know, I, I think this is the future, and yeah, definitely, I agree, man. Yeah, we'll watch more games, so we'll have more to comment on those as the as the Gold Cup finishes. Um, so we have two and a half weeks till the start of the league. Less than that, because they start on the thirteenth. We're uh, August twenty, no July twenty eighth. So just a couple weeks left, and uh, fuck, man, can't wait. We'll talk about it next week. We'll do we'll do a preview session. I mm-hmm. think I think we're gonna have to do that. Yeah. And um, that's it, man. That's episode number 57. Anything else? Before I leave, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Conrad De La Fuente. Oh, we didn't talk about him. Yes. Uh, Conradinho. Um, man, I'm, I'm super high on that cat right now. He's probably like my the most play, the player I'm most excited to watch from the U.S. for this season. Ojo, ojo. <laughs> Keep an eye on him. 
All yeah, right, uh, we'll have to keep an eye on him. He comes from Barcelona. La Masia product. Loaned out to Marseille. He actually was sold with sold. a buyback clause ah, for Barcelona. Bueno. He was sold for like three mil, I believe, which is fairly cheap. Very cheap. Yeah, he's going to be paired up with Benedetto, so that's going to be cool. But um, yeah. The Argentine? El Argentino. Uh, America legend. America legend, Payet. You know, that, that's a that's a decent team. On Payet too, huh? Payet, I might have to play Seasons later. Ah. I hope they, they updated the he roster. He was really good on Seasons as a Wolves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pe- Pedro Nieto. Muto Pedro bueno. Nieto, Neves. You know who's really good and this guy fucked me up with? Watford, bro. Watford, huh? It's championship team. I was playing with, like, Sassuolo, maybe. This dude gave me the fucking work, bro. <laughs> I, yeah. But anyways, that's FIFA talk. That's our eSports podcast. Yeah, that's man. our eSports. <laughs> um, but anyway. But yeah, um, man. Anything else? No, no. That's it for me, man. That's it. Uh, all right. Uh, episode number 57. Two guys, two mics, two pints. I'm Nestor. Joined here by Henry. And uh, we'll see you again next week for some more football. Cheers, lads. Cheers, lads.